and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. How's everyone doing? Hey, there's a big yellow ball shining outside today. The sun. The sun is out. It's not raining. Uh, (laughs) So funny. I had had to clarify myself so much. Some of you looked at me like, yellow ball? Is there a hot air balloon out there or what? (laughs) Uh, We just got back from a wonderful vacation last week. And um, yeah. It was fantastic. We had such a good time. We actually looked at the weather before we went and just went, oh, no. Oh, no. It, the weather looked horrible the whole week before we got there. And then then on our drive up, we checked our weather app, and all of a sudden, it, we seen, like, little clouds with some sun behind it and stuff for a few days. And we thought, hey, the weather's changing. It was beautiful all week. We had, we had some little fog mist because it's on the ocean that we stay for one day and a couple times early in the morning. But outside of that, it cleared up. We were able to go kayaking. We took a wonderful kayak trip. I'm telling you my vacation. That's terrible. So if you haven't had one yet, take one and uh, have fun with it. So we, we had a good time. My wife and I kayaked more than we'd ever kayaked up there on the Bay of Penobscot, which is a huge bay. And we kayaked to an island that was four and a half miles away, I think. Four and a half miles away from our, our place that we stay. And we had the whole island to ourselves. It was just fantastic. You know, like Honeymoon I- Island. No, not like that. But we, we, at our age, we look for rocks and fun things. <laughs> Oh, there's a seal out there. Look at that. Um, so had a really good time, and we thank you guys for, for um, you know, for staying here behind. I'm glad you didn't come up with us. Um, yeah, aren't you, aren't, aren't you so thankful for the Lord? What Serena was talking about, gratitude, is so key and so important. It, it just really is. It's like, Everyone has a perspective of their life, right? It's like you see your life the way you see your life. And if you're seeing your life without gratitude, it's a sad picture. And you can change your perspective by just being grateful. Amen. Oh, man, I I have such a fullness in my heart today. I, I really am excited to, to preach. I, I It's been like, what, two weeks since I spoke or three weeks? Three weeks, right? It's been three weeks since I spoke. Which usually, after I wait three weeks and I start speaking, I just go all over the place. Because I'm so excited. I haven't got to talk in a while. So anyway, we're going to have fun. But I felt like really today would be really awesome if we have a ministry tunnel. And so we're going to go ahead and form our, our ministry team, our prayer teams, and our, our leadership team. We're going to have a tunnel for you guys to go through and get prayed over and laid hands on and get blessed for this summer. Because the fall is coming, we're going to have a fun fall, but why not have fun in the summer too, right? I mean, you can have fun in the summer, right? I'm at the right church, right? I, I, I came to the right place where it's okay to respond when you ask a question. 
Exodus chapter 34. Uh, This is a a passage of scripture that has always just um, been incredible to me. It's um, dealing with uh, Moses and the children of Israel as as they got set free from Egypt and they're coming out of Egypt. And in Exodus chapter 34, 29, it says, Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. I mean, this, this sounds like a science fiction story. It really does. This sounds like a science fiction movie. His skin shone. Not just his face. His skin was glistening with the goodness and the glory of God. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses and beheld the skin of his face shining, they were afraid to come near him. And then Moses called to them, And Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. And afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them the commandments, all that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking to them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out, and then he would come out and speak to the children of Israel whatever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on and his, his face again until he went to speak with him. Fascinating. Just absolutely fascinating. I, I remember reading this back when I first got saved back in 1978, and I was like, he, he like lit up like a candle, you know, like a light bulb. His skin was shining. So much of the glory of the Lord that he didn't get a suntan. All right. It wasn't that someone commented about how tan I look. I do look tan. I got I Portuguese. I have Portuguese in my blood. Of course, it's going to turn tan. But I have I'm happy about my tan. But Moses didn't get burnt by the Lord in that way. There was so much of the glory of the Lord that his entire body resonated. God's glory reflected God's glory. I I don't know about you, but I think that's just amazing. I, you know, I'm thinking that for something like that to happen to a man who has an encounter with God, and then he comes to the house of Israel and they are freaked out. They are, they're not knowing what has happened to Moses. They don't understand what has happened to Moses. They don't know why his skin is glowing. Imagine, okay, just imagine for a minute. Imagine your spouse having such an encounter with God. And then you see her after that encounter or you see him after that encounter. And their skin is glowing like light beams coming out of their skin. (laughs) right they got afraid they didn't know what to do with moses from that point on he 
He's a, like a different guy. His, his whole face changed. His personality changed. His directions changed. Everything changed with this guy in just one encounter with God. Paul gets a revelation in the New Testament about this. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, this is what he has to say. And, and I just love this section of scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 14. For if what is passing away was glorious, he's speaking about the law, and he's speaking about this instant with Moses. What was passing away remains, uh, what was passing away was glorious. What remains is much more glorious. I'm going to stop right there because I know the, the, I know the rest of you want to keep going and reading on, but I'm going to stop just for a point of contact, point, point of reference. We get something more glorious than Moses had. Uh, this is not this is not just kind of like an expression of speech. This is the reality of what an encounter with Jesus Christ will do with your life. Jesus Christ will completely cause you to light up. You will light up with Jesus Christ. And it is not a fading, passing thing. Come on, read all right? It's not a fading and it's not a passing. It's a gift. It's not something we can earn. It's not something we can strive to accomplish. It's a gift through Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I, I'm reading this, right? And I think with, with some of us, it, it's good if we just look in a mirror and see the expression of our face. I mean, even a smile will be kind of like glorious. This... This is so much more glorious than what happened to Moses. The gospel of Jesus Christ is full of God's glory for you and for me. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so the children of Israel could not look steady at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Jesus Christ. Because the veil is taken away in Jesus Christ. Now, as I was looking at the scripture, and I was praying through this. I'm like talking to the Lord, like what, what, what all this mean at the end of what was passing away? What is that, Lord? Romans talks about it. The book of Romans, it says that Jesus is the end of that which was in the law. So here's Moses, right? Moses gets an encounter with God. In the, the mindset of the old covenant, there is one, only one person in the Godhead. Moses gets an encounter with all three. He gets an encounter with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. The Full embodiment of God encounters him, lights him up from the inside out. Paul gets this revelation as to what actually took place with Moses, that he had to put a veil over his face 
so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end, at the end of what was passing away. At the end. I hope this is being clear. They could not look steadily at the full encounter that Moses had because Moses had an encounter with the gospel. He had an encounter with God. He had an encounter with the Trinity. He had an encounter with the almighty, absolutely amazing, wonderful God. And Israel couldn't handle it. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Jesus Christ took away the veil. The grace of God takes away the veil. We get to see clearly. You know, the scripture in Corinthians says, now we see through a glass darkly, but then we will see face to face. We get to see clearly, folks. We get, we get a picture here of what Jesus looks like. We don't have to veil this. Now, I get the challenge to try to explain this to you guys. And this is a hard topic to explain. I get it. I remember having a vision back in 2007. And I actually saw the glory of God falling on the people of God. And I actually saw from their hands light beams coming out from the ends of their fingers. Some of you remember this vision. I've shared this publicly before. And the first time I shared this, I probably should have put a veil on my speech because it sounded so weird. But this is not this is not weird. And this is not science fiction. And this is not something that just might happen. We get more glory from the gospel that Moses ever had through his encounter. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And the same veil that has prevented Israel from connecting with that eternal glory can veil our hearts so that we actually don't see the fullness of what we have. Verse 17 says, now the Lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Everybody say freedom. In fact, why don't you just stand up, move your positions for a little bit. I'm just going to raise you up, raise you up out of your seats. Arise. And can we just say God is good? good. Yeah, you can sit back down. That's awesome. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled faces beholding as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the spirit of the Lord. The mirror ministry. I don't know if you've heard our teaching of the mirror ministry over the years, but we've um, we encountered this idea of mirror mirror ministry and begin to do a conference on um, exousia, which is the authority reigning from on high. And what the mirror ministry basically is, is this reflection is that when we see ourselves, that we we see Jesus, we don't see ourselves. It's like a whole different perspective and a whole different shift in how we view ourselves. 
so many of us see through the lens of ourselves by what we see in the reflection of the mirror. Now, I don't know about you. Some mornings when I wake up, I don't even want to look in the mirror. I don't even look in the mirror. I don't have to look in the mirror. I don't have much hair, so all I do is just rub my fingers through my hair. I don't have to worry about my hair. Nothing like that, right? But it, it's hard. It's hard if you have the wrong perspective to see yourself in the mirror because you won't be seeing Jesus. You'll be seeing yourself, all your imperfections, everything. We need to see the right reflection, folks. You and I, we need to see the reflection of Jesus Christ. And the mirror ministry is actually doing that. It's actually seeing that person you see in the mirror and calling Jesus Christ forth. It's like, it's like what uh, Paul writes about it. Stir up the gifts that are within you. Stir up those gifts. Stir up Jesus Christ inside of you. He's the hope of glory. He's in you. When you turn to the Lord, you get to have the veil removed and you get the hope of glory inside of you. You get all of him. Wouldn't it be nice to wake up in the mirror and go to the morning and all of a sudden your skin is glowing? Like LED light bulb glowing? Over 40 years ago, um, I was at another church and I uh, was having this man, he, this encounter with this guy. I, I felt that he was old at the time because at the time to me he was old, but he's probably a little bit older than I am today. And 40 years old, this elderly man told me, I feel like a hypocrite when I sing certain choruses. He was speaking about choruses that had statements of walking in the miraculous power. But he was looking at his own life, and those statements didn't line up with what he saw in himself. So he went on to say, I just feel like I shouldn't be singing these songs at all. I just feel like a hypocrite when I sing these songs. You know, talking about raising the dead or... or Alive, alive, alive forevermore, songs like that. He didn't feel alive. He didn't feel like he was doing much in his life. Those songs made him feel like a hypocrite because he saw his life so far away from what was being sung. And as a young man in the Lord, just brand new in the Lord, I just really wasn't saved that long. I, I think it was like two years. I think this was in 1980 or 1981. And I, I heard what he said. And of course, I, I argued with him. I said, no, 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 you're not a hypocrite. You're okay. You know, it's all right. You know, these are just songs that give us hope. They, they, they encourage us as people, you know, that this is what we get to grow into. I just thought... If he would have had a different perspective of Jesus Christ outside of his concept of the law, he wouldn't have had that veil over his heart that was making him feel like a hypocrite when he'd sing. And he just wouldn't sing some of those songs. I also think that maybe he grew up in church where the songs that they sang were about a wretched worm such as I. You know, and and, uh, some of the hymnals that would... uh, debase humanity and debase the imperfection of humans. I'm so glad we live in a different time. I mean, some of the songs that Mike picks out for the worship, I I read the words of those songs and I'm just like going, oh, this is good. 
Don't you dare get shy on me, soul. Shout the praises of God. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know there's times that we seem like we're miles away from accomplishing what God has purposed for us. Maybe we don't feel or act or even look like Jesus to ourselves in our own perspective. But I want you to just look around in this room right now. I want you to see something. Because inside of these that have turned to the Lord, the hope of glory is living in them. And you are the hope for those that you're sitting next to. I've seen this over and over the years, 35 years of ministry. You know, we had Bill Johnson. He was like our first conference speaker that we had back in 1990. I had him come in and teach on worship. He came and taught on worship. It was just so powerful, so incredible. And I feel like there was a lot of veils on, on people's hearts, too, when, when we'd have Bill come out. And he would come out. This is no exaggeration. Bill would come out, and he'd start talking. And I was just, I was just brand new at you know, being a pastor. Um, and I'd sit there and I'd actually hear him undo some sermons that I preached just weeks before. <laughs> and I, I would have to sit there in my head and immediately discard some of my thinking. You can relate. I, uh, you know, knowing Bill personally, since I was just a teenager, I learned you don't argue with Bill. <laughs> he, he just, you just don't, you won't win. As a teenager, I thought I could win a couple of the arguments and I, I was totally put into place. <laughs> it's just like most teenagers can think they're going to win and they don't. But we think we're far away from Christ, and, and maybe we're not having enough faith. Maybe we don't believe enough. Maybe we're not seeing enough miracles in our own life. Maybe we're not living the way we think we should. You know, all these things and all these thoughts that go on and on in our minds. Listen, I just want to tell you, you're not a discouragement to God. And he's not disappointing with you in any way, shape, or form. And you shouldn't belittle yourself, and you shouldn't shame yourself, because that's what the law brings. That law that was passing away that Moses presented to Israel that day it brings shame, which is why he had to put a veil over his face because they were afraid and they were ashamed. They weren't getting the picture. They weren't getting the picture because they couldn't mix what they were hearing with faith. They couldn't get it by faith. You remember the spies that Moses sent out into the promised land? Ten of those spies came back with a bad report. And two of those spies, Joshua and Caleb, had a good report, and they gave a good report, and they had the faith to believe it, but the rest of Israel didn't. They got caught up with the other ten who didn't have the faith to see what God was seeing for them. And I think that you and I together have a challenge before us every day to keep the faith to believe what God has for us. We've got people in this church. I've seen Jesus Christ coming through people in this church more than I ever have in my life, in the 35 years that we've started. I have seen Jesus coming through people right here in this church. We have 
uh, teams that are here. Uh, Marge, who does the healing rooms, where she's got a team where Jesus just shows up on Saturday once a month and people get healed from the community. We have Walter there, who's a, he's a chef, and he prays for his kitchen crew all the time. If they, if they get burnt, you know, one guy in particular, he got burnt, he got so scarred on his hand that the grease, the grease burnt his skin. Walter prays for the guy's hand, and the guy's hand heals up right in front of their eyes. Testimony after testimony like that, where the church inhabited by Jesus Christ, the hope of all glory, just steps out in faith and says, let's just go for this. Let's take this ground, because we can. Romans 10, 4 to 13 says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Did you get that? For Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone who believes. What was it that Israel couldn't see when they saw the glory? They could not see the end. They couldn't see Jesus in Moses. They saw judgment. They saw shame. They saw that, you know, this God is too much to handle. He's going to blow us up from the inside. We're all going to shine like light bulbs. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law, and the man who does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a simple gospel. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, yeah. Don't don't ever lose heart with that. Don't ever get tired with that. Um, some people close to me over the years. The conversation that was had is. You know, my problem with the church, they get together, they sing the same songs every week. You know, we just, why do we have to repeat to God everything that we think he is? Total different perspective from what really is happening. The connection with God is what's important. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We stand before God together as a community and we worship the Lord. We love doing that. I love, I love the worship that's here. I don't know about you guys, but I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think our worship team's fantastic. I think the songs they select are fantastic. I think the fact that you can just be standing there and all of a sudden overcome by the presence of God is a fantastic feeling. But I also know that it's not just the songs and it's not just the worship team and it's not just the music. I know that there's a spirit called the Holy Spirit that lives in each of us. And when we come together, each of us praising God and each of us worshiping the Lord, There is a power that shows up. It's like the lights turn on 
even though we haven't turned down the lights turn on and and the glory of you feel the glory of the lord and he starts arising within you and then you start getting stirred up right i get stirred up on sunday mornings i don't know about you but i get stirred up i get excited about who jesus christ is he's my savior he's the one that found me when i didn't deserve to be found he found me and he rescued me and like I've told you before, many of you wouldn't have wanted to know me, B.C., before my Christ days. Selfish, self-centered, ornery, angry young man. And the Lord changed me. Straight me out. Thank you, Lord is right. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for taking the veil away. I thank you for removing the veil from our hearts. I thank you, God, that you are showing us from glory to glory. You are taking us from glory to glory, and we are seeing more of you, and the reflection that we see of ourselves is becoming more like you, and I just thank you for that, Lord. I love you. I love this house. I love what you've done over the 35 years that we've been gathering together, Lord. I love the fact that you're just faithful to be who you are. And all we need to do is just show up and be faithful to be who you've made us to be. And I just thank you for that. It's so simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. I don't have to get down on myself or hard on myself or down on others and hard on them. We just get to love you and walk together with you. And I thank you that you just walk with us and you live in us. Now, as we form this tunnel, Lord, I just pray that your power would just be seen, that the power from on high would visit everyone in this room, that you would uh, rearrange and change and reconstruct us, Lord, that, that we'd open ourselves up to more of your glory shining through. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.